Hey, welcome back to Mike the Baptist. Uh, wish you could have been in the green room before today's program. It's really <laughs> exciting stuff. But we don't keep any of that stuff. That's not the intent. And uh, especially think, that one. Yeah, I think way more of you guys done to keep stuff like that. So, so we won't. Anyway, uh, welcome back. Glad you came back. We're here with the uh, the usual three preacher crew. Uh, that being H.D. Jones. What's up? What's up? Jason Riccardi. How you doing? And Michael Coons. Hello, Mr. Jackson. So I must tell you guys, since uh, we last got together last week on Saturday morning, Monday, or it's actually been two weeks anyway, since we last got together, uh, your wives came in. We did started the Preacher's Wives series. I bet that was an adventure. It was an adventure. Now, I have heard, just so you guys know and can be uh, prepared, I have heard a couple of people say they were more interesting than the men. I can so, see that. Yeah. That's not an untrue statement. Yeah. So I was just saying that. So you either step it up or if you don't care, just do what you were doing. So <laughs> either way, we'll just we'll carry on. So anyway, we're back for another episode. We're gonna visit a little bit here at the beginning, then we'll move into a middle section, talk about some stuff we found in the Bible. And uh have another really wild episode of any or outy toward the end. Close with a hymn. Same old, same old. Uh, I understand there has been a few comments about people that don't seem to have enough time in their schedule to listen to an entire uh, Three Preachers series episode. We call them the 1.5ers. The 1.5ers, yes. I, a friend of mine recently told me, uh, and some other guys on a group text chain, that he had found this incredible way to listen to podcasts. You speed them up one and a half times, and you can listen to all your podcasts it'll change your life and it changed his life because i'm pestering him to death now about <laughs> not thinking enough of you guys does that not also change the audio i mean do we sound like chipmunks i'm just curious you would have to yeah it would have to i mean it would have to probably what it does it probably cuts the gaps out uh so everything is probably just <clears throat> kind of mashed together like there's no breath or anything i i don't know i would not do that to a podcaster who spends their hard time so that's disappointment number one for the day. Number two, yes. did cinnamon rolls show up? Uh, well, no, because that hasn't actually aired yet. Okay, well then. <laughs> <laughs> so by the time this aired, airs, perhaps they will okay. have shown up. All right. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about that. Either way, it's going to be a win if they do. So My timeline is really messed up. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is, I'm yeah. a little confused, too. Uh, Look, I can't follow... I'm in the multiverse. Yeah, <laughs> I can't follow the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> yeah. Universe multiverse. I have a hard enough time keeping track of this one. Yeah, you're the, you're the guy that follows that, so you'll have to, uh, you'll have to keep us up to date on time. I, I've never even seen The Matrix. So I don't know if that relates to what we're talking about. <laughs> totally doesn't. Speaking of what we're talking about, I thought it'd be interesting to uh, uh, on our front porch visit today to talk about our first cars. You know, men and women. There just aren't any women in the room now to talk about it. But uh, men get a first car. It's a big moment, and I thought it'd be interesting to hear about everybody's first cars they had. Coots. Yeah. You look like you have something on your mind already. Oh, yeah. It's a, it a wonderfully terrible first car. A 78 Grand Prix. Mm. Uh, Hand-me-down from my brother. My dad bought it for my brother. He drove it for a few years and just destroyed the car. So it was really a piece of junk by the time I got it. But uh, it, I would drive it back and forth to work. I used to work at a drugstore and 
it was about a 20, 25 minute drive to get to work. And I'd have to take a gallon of antifreeze and a gallon of water with me every trip to refill it because it would just pour out in the floorboard as I'm driving and stuff. But yep. uh, puke green, you know, <laughs> oxidized really bad. But but I, I did my best with it, cleaned it up, had somebody buff it for me. It looked good for a week or two, you know. Yeah. And Shined I, up the puke. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I had the, the bench seats, you know, that were vinyl. Yeah. So, you know, I took care of the inside and armor all everything. And first time I went out on a date, I learned. As soon as you take that first corner, everybody's sliding. Yeah. You know? yeah. But I drove it for two or three years before we got rid of it. Yep. Nice. Yeah. The fun prank is uh, armor all somebody's steering wheel when they're not looking. Well, I didn't do that, but I did armor all my floor mats, which were vinyl as well. And I was, oh, yeah. was just like skating the whole time. So. Well, when you first get armor all. It's good it goes everything. on everything. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a new exciting. learning curve. Yeah, sixteen-year-old kids like, oh, this is going to look good. Yeah, it did look good. Yep. Uh, that's a pretty good story. Now the Grand Prix was it big and wide like a yeah like a boat going yeah, down the road. Yeah, they were starting to shrink them down just a little bit in seventy-eight, but it was still a it was a big boat. Yep. Yeah. Nothing like today. Pretty Grand uh, the like the Mercury. What was the big uh, Ford? Fury. 500, Fairlane, 5. What was the big, there was a big wide. There was one, was it a Fury? Fury, Fury wasn't big. It wasn't was really it? big though, was it? There was the Lincoln Continental. Was. Was I had one of those town cars. No, it yeah. felt like a, a ship. Mm-hmm. What you're talking Just about. floating down the road. I mean, One of my buddies had one of those and before I could drive, um, a comment was made something about the size of the trunk. Yeah, and it ended up with me being put into the trunk and driven around town. Unfortunately, yeah. Well, you could uh, you could sneak quite a few people into the drive-in. Yeah, in the trunk of one of those cars. Holds a lot of pumpkins too. Hmm. <laughs> How many do you think <laughs> you held in that one? Maybe Forty-five. I remember correctly. <laughs> right there, yeah. coming too. <laughs> uh, Jason. Yeah. First car. Uh, it was a 1986 Ford Tempo. Yes. And when I got it, and it would have been 96, so I was 10 years old, it wasn't too terribly old. But uh, I lived in Texas, and it had no air conditioning, and rats had chewed the seats. Uh, so in Texas, there are four seasons. People mistakenly believe there are not four seasons in Texas, but there are four seasons. Right. There's hot, too hot, uh, don't go outside, and fall. <laughs> so. You can imagine as a 16 year old boy rolling down the windows and trying to, and it's, it's a manual. I mean, you're, you're spending like 10 minutes to get the window all the way down. Right. And you can imagine with not having air conditioning in the middle of summer when it's 110 outside. And uh, it was pretty miserable. It's hot down there. My, my graduation gift from my dad was an air conditioner for that vehicle. So, uh, let's see. No, no, it's a different car. Never mind. So, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt your thought there. I, I, I mean, I just got to think about a different car, and that's not the car you're talking about. So I'll edit myself out later. <laughs> <laughs> so was that the end of the story? It was just hot, and you didn't. I mean, it's just hot, but uh, it did create for some fun moments. Uh, there was a red hornet that flew in once when I had the window down, and I was wearing shorts. And that thing landed on my leg and started crawling up towards my midsection. Right. And so the vehicle started swerving all over the place when I was smacking that thing, trying to well, of course. not get stung in, in a sensitive area. Uh, yeah. Never did find where that thing landed and, and went, but it, it definitely was crawling up my leg, up up into my cargo shorts. It was, it was a little scary moment. I was a little afraid. <laughs> it was more car story than I was uh, anticipating right yeah. there. But, you're welcome. But you didn't have an accident or anything. We were a small town, so there weren't a whole lot of people behind me. You know what would be hilarious if that had happened to Koontz in that 
uh, seat of his that was armor all and all slicked up. <laughs> it was, uh, if, if you could have just passed by while that was going on and saw inside the car somebody, you know, just turning circles and flipping and sliding back and forth. But anyway, it was a mashup memory there. Jones. 1982 Grand Prix. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Had the leather, like, on the outside of the the uh, hood. Yeah. Not the hood, but the over the back door. Yeah, back windows. Yeah, back windows, yeah. 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 But it had been a uh, sales lady in my mom's business, so she had put a lot of miles on it. And uh, But, yeah, it was a good car. 16 years old, though, you know, got to have the thumping stereo system. And yes. a friend of mine's like, hey, I got a new stereo system. You can have my old one. So I went over to his house. And we're trying to put the back speakers in, and there was a perfectly molded area for the speaker that came in it, and this speaker didn't quite fit. And so we got this bright idea, if we could just bend that metal a little bit. So we're under there just tapping that metal, and it exploded my whole back windshield. <laughs> oh. So yeah, that's that's lots of fun. So did you have to drive around with it that way for a bit? Yeah, I did. It's, yeah. Yeah. I had air conditioning like Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think air conditioning works ever in first cars. I think that's just right. something that just doesn't come with a first car package or something. My daughter is now turning 16, and I'm trying to teach her to drive a stick. Yes. Uh, the compressor still works in there, but there's a Freon leak somewhere. So she, if we fill it back up with antifreeze, she has AC, but otherwise she doesn't. So I, I think that should be so a rite of passage. Kind of comes and I think goes. you should have to suffer. I think you should because some don't I nowadays. I appreciate that later on. Yeah. Some go right into the uh, air-conditioned late-model automobiles, and it's like something's just not fair about that. Yeah. So I had a Volkswagen. I think that was my first one. My, my granddad, who, who raised me, was a used car dealer. So at any given time, when I was growing up, there was 15 cars out in front of my house up by the highway there. But I think the first one that was actually supposed to be mine was a green Volkswagen. Like a Beetle? Oh, the Beetle. The nice. Lug Bug. Actually, yeah, I'd love to have one of those now. That was going to uh, be my first vehicle. I'd like to have it back. Yeah. By the time I was through with it, it had white mohair inside on the roof hanging down. <laughs> okay. It had a red and a green boat light inside. Uh, I rigged up a uh, equalizer in it. Had an eight-track machine. You know, it's not a lot of room in those anyway. But had an eight-track machine in there, and I ordered a a, a graphic equalizer from J.C. Whitney, hmm. and put it in there. I could go to the drive-in movie in my Volkswagen, and when they'd hand the speaker, you know, they used to give you a speaker to drive in. When they'd hand the speaker, I'd say no thanks. So I would go in and I would plug my graphic equalizer into the the box there and then i would tweak the sound and big time wow volkswagen but nice so i think i had pins dropping everywhere you could find a curve or a dent jc whitney i used to live in the jc whitney catalogs did you put those pinstripes on yourself were you already painting at that point in time uh i hadn't started painting that was just before i got started painting but i think i was like 15 16 but then i started painting and then after that it I painted stuff all over my hometown. <laughs> There's still stuff that's messed up up there. <laughs> painted on it. I came home from a, a senior class trip to Florida, and there was an old block building in the center of town. I forget what the building was. Uh, it was kind of an L-shaped area with a laundromat, and then the side of this building is this big, white, concrete block building. And I came home and went out there about two or three in the morning one night and painted a Florida scene, ocean and a palm tree with cans of spray paint. And then thought, 
But my mistake was I signed it. <laughs> yeah, that's. But I've got this signature I used to sign artwork with, where you can't really read it unless you know who it was. But uh, it stayed up there for twenty years. So I had nothing to do with cars, but it was just uh, paint. So okay, so the Volkswagens, by the way, didn't have good air conditioning either, no. or or no air conditioning, and the heat in those came from a little vent. It's just it was just heat off the motor. Yeah. And you just open a little vent, and you're getting heat from off the motor. It was kind of and some fumes, which that explains some. That things. explains a lot, of, <laughs> lots of stuff right there. Yeah, we have more stories attached to that one. But well, that was kind of interesting. First cars, interesting. Did y'all ever have a wreck? Shucks, yeah. <laughs> Too many. Uh, okay, we're gonna expand yeah. it just really quick because we only spent what six, seven minutes on that other one there. So I, I got to hear about the wreck. Well, in that same car, my first car, of course, um, had a lead foot. And where I grew up at, um, you know, it's out in the country, so everything was gravel back roads. And my theory was, go as fast as you can go. And you're just floating along the, the gravel at that point. And one day, it just kind of went off the road and went down into a, a farmer's field. Luckily, the farmer was out there with his tractor, and he pulled me out. And I was thinking, thank goodness, because Dad's going to kill me. He found out that I went off the road. and. Uh, when I got home, I realized I still had some of the field up underneath the, uh, the the car. So I was out there washing it. That's a rookie mistake. When Dad came home. Rookie mistake. <laughs> and he found the grass hanging out from underneath the car. I'm like, well, shucks. Yeah. Bummer. Yep. First wreck. Wreck. First car. Wreck. Uh, actually, my first wreck was my brother's vehicle. Uh, he let me borrow his Toyota truck. Is like, ah. Late early '90s, late '80s, um, and you know they they didn't have analog brake at that time period. And I was coming home from church, and uh, I started the brake, and the rear wheels locked up on me, and so I started skidding like this. And it was on a curve, and there was a little culvert underneath at the curve, so I came in sideways a little bit, hit the uh, the culvert bridge, turned sideways, landed in the culvert, and was laying on the side. So I'm laying there on the side and the speakers are still going. The CD player's still laying there and the water is actually starting to fill up in the, the side of the vehicle. And so obviously what's the first thing you do? You hit eject on the CD player. I mean, my brain wasn't functioning properly at that point because I, I had just spun around and I'm laying sideways and water's filling up. And uh, so then, then you get out of the vehicle because you realize the water's starting to come up and you think, I can fix this, I can fix this. If I can just get it back up on its side, I'll be able to you know, drive it right up that, that hill and nobody will know. And so you, you try to rock it and it's not going anywhere. And then you, you punch it and hurt your hand. And then you realize, oh, yeah. <laughs> I got to call dad. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's yeah, the bad part. That's the mm-hmm. call. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. I wrecked my brother's truck. So good times. H wreck caused a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> so a bunch of us went to a, ball game one night in portland had no clue where we were no gps you know and uh this little girl was driving i don't even think she could hardly see over the steering wheel so we come to this railroad and we got this bright idea to tell her to turn off the lights and gun it to go over the railroad (laughs) well she did but over the railroad there was nothing the road that made a t with the railroad so we landed in these people's yard and headlights are shining right in these people's window of their house and then we start screaming turn off the light because we don't get in trouble so she turns off the light and runs through these people's yard and like hits several bushes and stuff and so yeah that was kind of fun i'm like you i didn't i never really had any 
I caused a bunch. I know yeah. I did. <laughs> I was near some, but never really caused any. Or never, never really had one. A, a buddy of mine, uh, where I'm from in, in Arkansas, if it snows or ice, that's a reason to get out, not oh, yeah. a reason to stay in. Yep, absolutely. So we hit the road and try to get to town, you know. And I live four or five miles out of town, but, uh, you know, you get to town, you'd usually find a whole bunch of other old boys that made the, found their way to get to town. Well, a buddy and mine were on the town square uh, spinning ice donuts and stuff all the way around the square, but we managed to run into each other. I can not remember if I kind of eased into the side of his car or he eased inside of mine. But uh, we got out of the car, the other people that were around, we all kind of ganged up and uh, determined that uh, a wreck on the town square would get somebody in trouble. So we took the whole wreck down to the, <laughs> the uh, super, the, the grocery store in town and restaged the wreck in the parking lot of the grocery store uh, and then didn't call anybody and report it. So yeah. anyway. So I think that they get out and about when it snows here too. Yeah. Where we live, the last really good snow that we had, uh, I had to run to town for something. I think we needed something just before it got really bad. And so I get to the our local grocery store, the Kroger parking lot, and I actually see somebody with a uh, an ATV and somebody was towing behind them a snowboarder and they were just going through the oh, parking yeah. lot snowboarding. It was, I was like, and can I park and do that with you? It looks like fun. Yeah. Hey, listen, the biggest fun you can have is the a hood of an old car, uh, one of the old models that had the curve on the front because you can tie a rope. You can turn that upside down, tie a rope, and six or eight guys or people, humans, can get on that, and a pickup truck or something can pull you through town on that. You, that's just big fun, big fun. You know those videos out on the lake where those uh, tubes – hit a wave and everybody goes like that you can do that on the <laughs> hood of an automobile yeah. too being pulled that's through a town. landing isn't it yeah yeah it's hurt probably worse than the two but that reminds me of that scene at a christmas vacation <laughs> they had a put that oil that his company was working on on that uh, saucer and then by the time he oh, stopped yeah. he was in the gone, yeah. mall parking lot <laughs> that was <laughs> and the bottom of it was gone yeah it was good we'll show that whole movie here someday and comment on probably it not the whole movie <laughs> either way we'll be back in uh, just a bit to talk about some stuff we found in the bible hey tell presents blockbuster a great new lp 20 original hits original stars casey and the sunshine band silver convention war average white band Alice Cooper, Edgar Wintergroup, Sammy Johns, David Loggins, Gladys Knight, Frankie Valley, and many more. David Getty. The last game on the season. The Hollies. All I need is the Jigsaw. Blockbuster. 20 original hits, original stars. Be sure to get the best from K-Town. LP 599, tape 6.99. Hey, we're back going to turn the conversation over to the three preachers and let them lead us in some uh conversation about some bible stuff it's all yours well as you guys are aware we uh we've been going through different books of the bible and so now we're in philippians and philippians chapter one um talks a lot about you know our relationship with god and this question says you're reminded that god does not leave us alone and does not leave us incomplete so part of the human experience is that 
we can feel isolated and broken. How does it make you feel to know that God is with you always and is working to make you complete? Uh, well, I feel like a terrible person knowing that he's with me always because I'm not always very good. So there's a, the negative side of that is, um, yeah, it's, it's like that Christmas carol. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been bad or good. Um, yeah, that that one catches me because I'm not always doing what I should be doing. And that's a positive deterrent from doing negative things. So that's helpful for me. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? There, there's the negative side of it where he sees you when you're doing bad stuff. But the positive side of that, flip side of that is he still loves you anyway. Right. Uh, he's also what we call omniscient. And so he actually knew that that was going to happen anyway. And he still chose to love me, even knowing all the mistakes that I would make in my entire life. He still chose to love me. And so the negative side of it is he sees you when you're doing dumb stuff. The positive side of that is he sees you when you're at your most hurting and broken. And he loves you in that moment enough to be with you when you're hurting and broken. There's a story in the Bible, Book of Job, and this was something that kind of my family went through in a heavy way uh, several years ago. I just had a lot of really close family members uh, passing away. I mean, it was like six or seven close loved people that passed away within a, a couple of year time period. And at the point in time, I, I was reading through the book of Job and it just really caught me that the best thing that Job's friends did was that they showed up and shut up. And that that's God sometimes when you're, when you're hurting and broken, he's just there with you. Just knowing that somebody's there with you when you're at your lowest moment in life, can be enough to keep you from doing something dumb, uh, making poor choices again, you know? Uh, That's kind of my take on it. What do you guys think? I like uh, the end of that question about uh, he's still working to make us complete. And that that should take pressure off of us. You know, we're we're not perfect. We're, uh, We're not all that we will be. You know, we are a work in progress. And uh, so that, that kind of gives me a little bit of comfort as I'm still trying to figure out life. You know, it's like I, I look at myself and I see where my dad was when he was my age. And I'm like, I look back at that time. I was like, man, it seemed like dad had it all together. You know, just everything was just worked out. And I'm like, and I look at myself. I'm like, I ain't nowhere near where dad was when he was my age. And uh, but you know what? God's working it all out. And uh, we just keep looking back at our journey and seeing how he's brought us to this point already. So. He's going he's gonna to provide and equip us for each day that we have. I wonder if your dad did have it all. I'm sure he did. Straight. He just he just made me think he did, though. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think, it, I think you could uh, say that about a lot of people. Yeah. That uh, a lot of people don't want other people to see them hurting. So I think a lot of people just try to swallow it and kind of move on. And you don't ever really know somebody that you're looking at. You think, you know, they got it. They those those folks got it together, but they might not actually have it completely yeah. together. But so everybody's susceptible to it. The flip side of that is the people that let you know every single thing that they're going through, and then they put it on yeah. social media. And 
you know, their life is not as chaotic as it seems, but they're always putting stuff on there on social media, and it's they're like an emotional black hole. If you get too close to the event horizon, they're going to suck you in, and you'll never be able to escape. Uh, you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, don't name any names, though. I, I'm not naming any names, but that's an interesting thing for us because whereas we avoid people, yeah. we don't want to get sucked into their drama because we, we see it all the time. Yeah. And we were just like, oh, man, we'll, we'll create some space, some distance there. That is not God. So I'm just going to say that uh, from the layman perspective, that's where that's where I think it would be difficult to be a preacher because you guys got it coming all the time. I mean, you know, not too many years ago, before the pandemic, I was a pretty bad social butterfly. I would go to the church and just walk in on you or in you and just sit down and talk. And looking back, I'm thinking, you know, I probably wasted a lot of their time on, on, on that. <laughs> they, but, but, you know, the preachers always kind of try to be polite about it, I'm, I'm assuming, and kind of listen best you can. But, but I, yeah, you got to hear a lot of stuff, that's a lot of whining. I guess it would be called whining, wouldn't it? But that's part <laughs> yeah. of bearing one another's burdens. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's part of your calling is, you know, I've always said, I, I can handle your complaints as long as they're not about me. You know, if you want to come in and complain about life or your marriage or your family or politics, you know, I can handle that as long as it's not about me. Hmm. When you start complaining about me, then it's a whole, you know, I don't don't like talking about me. But um, So are preachers supposed to be counselors? Is that in the manual? I think traditionally that's what they've been thought of. Um, But our world's changing a lot. You know, uh, I think people go less to pastors for counseling. They go for less Google to Google search. They, they go less <laughs> to church to get married. I mean, now it's all you know an event place, right. and you know now I have a life coach or a, or a counselor that's become a little more, I think, readily accepted. And insurances pay for it and that kind of stuff. And right. you know, our our advice is free and it's better. But you know, whatever they want to do, you know, <laughs> maybe you should start charging for it. <laughs> maybe you should that that would help us. That would help us. You know, one of the things about. Uh, Paul, um, it's interesting that we've brought up, you know, the isolated and broken. This dude's in prison. And, you know, one of the worst things that can happen is uh, is being isolated from people. And sometimes we do that to ourselves and our brokenness, and sometimes it's done uh, against us to punish us. But in his isolation and in his brokenness, you know, he found time for other people. And you know, one of the things we're asking and thinking about is does knowing that God can use your difficulties to reach out to others make them more bearable? Does it does it make it more maybe heroic that you're going through some difficulty that you can actually help somebody else in their difficulty? <laughs> I don't think it does when you're going through it. Personally. Yeah, in the moment, no. Yeah, because in the moment, speaking from experience, it's just like you've the pressure of the world is on you and you're just like so i don't think but down the road you can see it yeah and you know what and i think that's what motivates people to go into certain areas to try to help because they're familiar with it right uh, i guess that's a natural byproduct well, there's some that. and there's some truth to that i mean you know um both of these guys have lost their dad mm-hmm. so they can minister to people that are losing their dad in a different right. way than i can you know, there's something about uh, kind of being through that fire that helps as we help other people. But also think, too, that we have to quit looking at our pain and just focusing on our pain. At some point, 
when you begin to serve other people. It helps you. It's kind of cathartic for your pain, too. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that having gone through losing my dad and, and being there with him through a long process where he was, uh, we were losing him day by day to Alzheimer's. One of the things that I learned a lot about the human experience and a lot about ministering to somebody in that difficulty is uh, don't ever tell somebody when they're hurting, I know exactly what you're going through. Right. And then say, hey, you know, that reminds me of that time that Aunt Bessie had an ingrown toenail and it's like, it's excruciating. I had to take her to the doctor all the time. It's not the same thing. And even if the, the situation is similar, um, it's best, like Job, to just say nothing. And and if you can't, if you can't, uh, it's not about you and it's not even about you relating to what they've gone through. It's when a person's hurting, it's about that person. And really what you need to do is just focus on that person and let them know that you love them, that you care for them, that you're there with them. Uh, but it, their experience, even though there are similarities, it's unique to them. Mm-hmm. And so you don't know what they're going through. Um, even if you've had your father pass away, and I've had my father pass away, the experiences and the way that that happened is so vastly different. And so it, in the moment, doesn't help at all to know that God's going to use it. But after the fact, you know, God actually helps me process what I went through. As I, as you've mentioned before, as you work with somebody in their difficulty, when when you focus on somebody else in their difficulty, God will begin to help heal those wounds for you as well. It doesn't help in the moment when you're going through it. Uh, it used to drive me up the wall when people say, I know exactly what you're going through. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> Your dad didn't die on you at 40 years old at, at 30. Actually, I was in my 30s when my dad passed away. Uh, you, you didn't have to change your own. Well, I won't get into the details. But anyway, um, <clears throat> it's not the same. Yeah. But in, in the moment, it's no good. But then afterwards, you're like, God, thank you for giving me the opportunity now in the future to actually be able to help make a difference. Yeah. Kuntz, you're incredibly quiet. No, I'm just kind of absorbing and, you know, just <laughs> agreeing with what they're saying. Tell you what, I'm going to buzz you. <laughs> being so what quiet. was churchy? Oh, okay. no, that's, that's the. Uh, uh, oh, that's true. Uh, being quiet, too quiet in type. church. So, yeah. There you go. Amen, brother. You know, one of the things that always captures my <laughs> thoughts is that this book, Paul is writing while he's in prison. And I don't care, I, even though. If it was house arrest or whatever it was, prison, just the term, that's not where you want to be. That's There's a lack of freedom. And yet this dude is looking at his circumstances and he writes this book and he says multiple times um, that we're to rejoice. And as a matter of fact, he says rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. And I'll say from my own circumstances, it's hard when you're going through a difficult time for you to go, man, thank you, God, that I'm having this difficulty in my health or I'm having this difficulty with my finances. Um, But Paul understood something about uh, relying on his strength or God's strength more than his own personal strength. And I think, you know, one of the things that we have to think about in our difficulties is that our difficulties are doing something. They're not just God doesn't go, hey, let's just, you know, pull the wings off this fly and see what happens. You know, he's allowing that to go on in our life uh, and it's for our benefit 
and it's for his glory and it's also for the good of others and like michael said like mike said a while ago that you know in the midst of those things it's hard to be joyous about it and yet that's what this book is about is rejoicing always uh and having that on our lips and I don't know about you guys, but I've, I've tried to practice that along the way, you know, when something bad happens to just try to get it to come out, even though I don't feel it sometimes emotionally, but just trying to go, thank you, God. Because if we'll be honest, there is something good we can see. Um, if we continue with the, you know, losing your dad early, but you had a dad mm-hmm. and you had the years that you did have, you know, so there is yep. something good. Uh, you know, Jason, I know a little more of your story that, you know, you were able to get mom and dad to come live in your house and spend some additional time and quality time uh, and quantity that you would not have had. My kids got to know my dad. Yeah. Not in spite of Alzheimer's, but right. because of Alzheimer's. Right. We live states away. And if not for that, yeah. they would have never known him in that way. Yeah. That's a and good that, thing. Words are, words are important. Words are important, right? He says the word in verse 18, yes, and I will rejoice. Uh, words are important. Rejoice. Joy again. Mm. Uh, God is the one that gives us our emotions. Our emotions are not bad. So there are moments in your life where it is perfectly fine to lose your stuff, okay? To to just be so frustrated with your circumstances. It is okay. God is the one that gave you those emotions. That's kind of how he helps you process some of the stuff that you go through. But then Paul is very clear. He says, rejoice, rejoy, have joy again. Get back to that. Yes. Yeah. And, and the way that you get that, you go back to God. Because you can't, I don't care who you are, you can't be singing happy hymns right. in the middle you're insane you if you can't yeah. yeah if you just can't do it i mean you can't you might you might think it and have thoughts which i'm sure uh the more you're around all this and try mm-hmm. to practice it the easier it is for you to have those kind of thoughts during stuff but you still can't i mean you still can't strum a lyre and be all happy you know but knowing that god can use these difficulties is it lyre or lyre i've always called lyre. it lyre isn't that the guitar thing they had yeah. back in those mm-hmm. days or yeah. something yeah lyre Carry on. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, knowing that God can use these difficulties to reach other people. Think about what happened in 2020 when COVID hit and how many churches had to move to online worship mm-hmm. and how many churches are still mm-hmm. having as a part of their ministry online worship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is reaching people that we never reached before. You know. Well, you know what it did? Uh, all the churches who hadn't gone into this video world yet of streaming they got used to it. They learned how to do it. So That's now right. yeah, yeah. we actually had money designated to start <clears throat> online and we just I just drug my feet on it because what what happened was my greatest fear that every pastor became an, an on the TV Televangelist. evangelist. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and we didn't we didn't want that, you know. Yeah. I have a voice of rate for radio. Right. And maybe not even that. So yeah, it's uh it's really a daunting task. Well, you know what I've seen just in in my little sphere that I live in. Now we have both. Yes, and they both co. Well, look at what we're doing right here. Right, mm-hmm. they both coexist now. Or one purpose. doesn't take away from the other. Yep. They they all support each other. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe that was part of the plan. Who knows? If we could just do our worship service at one point five, maybe more people would come. If we could speed it all yeah. up. Hey, yeah. uh, what you guys are saying actually leads <laughs> really well into this last question. Um, 
Paul longed to be done with prison, yet somehow could say that suffering was beneficial for Christ. His suffering was beneficial for Christ. Coming out of COVID, like one of the things that God did in COVID is it forced us to actually get the gospel out there in a medium that people were already fully invested in. Mm -hmm. They were already fully invested online. They were already doing podcasts. And you know, the only people that weren't really heavily invested in that was the church. And so God took a bad circumstance and he made something beautiful out of it. And so like Paul could say, (laughs) he longed to be done with his difficult circumstances and suffering, but it was actually for the benefit of the gospel that he went through hard things. And so with that in mind, um, (laughs) what do we need to change about how we view our difficulties that we are encountering right now. I don't know, but I was just thinking about something that's kind of odd. Maybe maybe it's just me. Probably. Probably. But <laughs> you know how when you're when you're sick, like when you get a, when you're young, when you're young and you get a cold and you're sick. And you stay home from school and you're you know, you're binge watching folks TV. are bringing you warm chicken noodle soup and they're putting <clears throat> blankets on you and a popsicles and all this and in a way when you get well you kind of are going to miss all that pampering and yeah. just being able to curl up on the couch and not be responsible for anything. And so I can kind of see where in a really weird way that may have been kind of what Paul was saying too. Like, like I'm liking this being uh, in his embrace and him taking care of me right now. So I can you know, kind of relate that loosely. Maybe. One of the pastoral com- uh, conferences that I was at early on in COVID and there was, you know, some of the guys that were sitting there and they're worried about, you know, if we if we do all this online stuff, everybody's going to sit at home. They're never going to come back to my church. And pastors, let's just be honest. I mean, that's part of our it's part of our pat on the back. I mean, if the pews are full, you feel like you're doing a good job. If there's nobody there, you feel like you're stinking. So, you know, we want people in the church. Um, and it, I think it's better than online, obviously, because you can have that fellowship. But there were some of those guys really just really fussing about that and if we do this and provide this they're going to sit there and watch church in their pajamas and all this and one of the youngest guys looked up and he said guys you're thinking about this in the wrong way Hmm. he said it's not just the lazy person that's maybe not going to come to your church he said what about the guy who got drunk on saturday night who's never going to walk in your church never but he might turn your uh, online thing on and watch and hear the gospel. You know, when he said that, I was like, yeah, we're thinking about this the wrong way. This is not for, we shouldn't really even be doing it for church people. I mean, it's a great way to reach those that are stuck at home or sick, but we really should be doing this for the person that says, I'm so low, I can't even, I can't even drive that way because they wouldn't accept me. And then so in some ways they're accepted into that uh, time. And I think that's really important. The cool thing about the online, what you're alluding to is it'll reach a demographic and and people that will never know who they are. And if we never know who they are, we'll never know how to reach them. And so it's able to get the gospel in places that we would never be able to get the gospel to. And so at least in that way, it's worth the money that we invest in it. It's worth the time that we invest in it. Hey, so is this all connected to that thing you know you hear about uh, in the last days? Everybody on the planet will have the opportunity to hear it. 
think the internet and all that's got something to do with that? I think it very possibly could. It's kind of scary to think about in a way, but I'm not a big prophecy nut or anything like that, but, you know, he's kind of. But when you stop and look at the the plan of God, I mean, Paul talks about in the fullness of time. Why did Jesus, why did Jesus be born at a certain time? I mean, he could have been born any time. He could have come today. They don't see any news. Why did he come at that time? And when scholars look back at that, and Paul calls it in the fullness of time, you had three major components. Number one, you had Rome's stability of basically the known world at that point. So there was a there was a government that was holding uh, a little bit of peace within the world, and so you had that, and then you had the Greek language, which was a language of the common people, the trading language. So you had a language where the gospel could get out, and then you had the Jewish uh, viewpoint of, of religion. So you have those three things together that really let the gospel explode out into the world at that point. So could the internet be something that you know God uses? I think so. I mean, uh, everything in, in this world um, created by him and for him, uh, even the thoughts of man to, to use light and sound waves and stuff and the way we use it can it be used for negative things yeah we can see that uh but can be used for him too and does get used yep i think we're using it right now let's hope mm-hmm. so uh is it al gore that thinks he invented it yeah that's, yeah that's, yeah yeah Way to go al somebody google it <laughs> we'll get back to you <laughs> What was that first text message or the first message that went out on the internet? It was hello world or something like that. Yeah. I think that was the, the first yeah. thing. It, the internet originally was designed to be something that colleges could could communicate with each other and share information and data. Mm-hmm. And look at what it has become now. It's insane. There's no way that the people that invented the internet could have fully seen or even guessed at the fact that because of the work that they did decades ago, the gospel actually goes out to people that would never otherwise hear it. In the 80s, uh, I was making radio commercials. I was doing creative radio stuff for ad agencies here and there in the country. And we got this request from uh, some some company that was coming out with a new machine called a fax machine. Mm. Although then it was a facsimile machine. And I can recall those commercials of this day writing them with this urgency about uh, able to transmit a document in mere seconds. And I mean, and and now these people put fiber in here at the studio here recently, and he showed me the little tiny strand of glass the size of a hair. All of this is going through that little fiber. It's just nuts. It's really nuts. But I remember the old, and those machines, by the way, were like the size of a suitcase. Right. So, Anyway, the Rico 500, if you got one, I'd like to see one. <laughs> so, good chat. Anything else? I think we need to wrap it up before the uh, 1.5ers get all excited on us and move it up to 1.75. Yeah, they'll be speaking. They can fax up. us some uh, opinions. They could fax it on the facsimile <laughs> machine. <laughs> I can still see that paper going through. <laughs> <laughs> took like 20 seconds for one sheet to go through. Mere seconds. <laughs> hey, good talk, fellas. Hope it. Uh, hope somebody heard something they liked or could relate to. I think that's always a good goal. We'll be back in a bit with a little uh, edition of Any or Audi. This is going to be a thrill.
Hey, everybody, it's time to play America's almost favoritest new game show, Any or Audi, where we challenge our guests to figure out if a phrase we give them is actually in the Bible or out of the Bible. Sharpen your wits, guest. You're about to be in the hot seat of Bible stuff because you're the next contestant on Any or Audi. Here's Mike. So today on In Your Audi, uh, it's the uh, normal fare. We're trying to stump the other three. I'll be taking a turn at it. Koontz will be taking a turn at it. And we'll see how well we do against the preachers and the non-preacher. And I don't know, it gets confusing. But I'll start. How's that? Sounds good. So I'm getting some good uh, good reviews about In Your Audi. I understand that uh, we are popular enough now that we're being copied here and there. Uh, I know it's happened in some Sunday school groups, etc. Mm. Uh, and some people are regularly mentioning any or Audi when they, you know, the reason it's called any or Audi is just to see how church people react, to whether they feel like they can say that or not. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Are you going to make t-shirts? Of course. Good. Yeah, we'll, okay. have, we'll have all kinds of shirts coming up. Go like right under the belly button. Any or Audi. No, that's actually... <laughs> that's pretty funny that's right pretty there. That's pretty good marketing right that's, there. That's good stuff right there. Oh, yeah, that's that's going to have to happen now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for that. That's, that's really good. <laughs> Speaking of any or Audi, I have one here for you three. It's me against you three right now. Okay, are you ready for this? Sure. Um, actually, I've been reading the scripture reference first, but I'm going to quit doing that. I'm just going to read the scripture or phrase or whatever it is and then we'll talk about where it is possibly later how's that fair enough sure he went up from there to bethel not bethel road which is where you live yeah. in green Tennessee. <laughs> thanks for telling everybody yeah. that. oh i'm yeah i'm sorry uh, connecticut bethel connecticut he went up from there to bethel and while he was going up on the way some small boys came out of the city and jeered at him, saying, Go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. And he turned around, and when he saw them, he cursed them in the name of the Lord. And two she-bears came out of the woods and tore 42 of the boys. Uh, that's a mouthful. The clock is running. Discuss it amongst yourselves. I saw all kinds of... I have peripheral vision. I can see my ears. So I could see reactions going on as I was reading that. I saw heads shaking. I like, can see my ears. You're familiar with this? Can you hear your eyes? No. But <laughs> can you see your ears? Try that. No, uh, I can't. really good peripheral vision. Yeah. <laughs> on, I just, I'm thinking of that scene out of uh, Get Smart where they had the Easter out on the head guy behind him oh, yeah, and he's yeah. just kind of doing this number and he's like can you actually see him no i'm just making my eyes wider and nothing i'm not seeing anymore but anyway <laughs> any or out so any or out hundred percent you're welcome that is in the bible Whoa. Uh, and i know this he's jumping right i know it. this because <laughs> i i grew up watching big 12 football and baylor university it's not good at football there for a long time, a very, very, very long time. And so the first time that they had their signature win in the Big 12, I went and watched a Baylor versus Oklahoma game. I took the, the youth ministry there and I saw somebody wearing a shirt that said, and then a couple of bears came out of the woods and mauled them. And then I saw the scripture reference and I'm like, 
what? It, that's hilarious. And they had the, the football score of when they, they had their first signature win in the Big 12. And so I looked it up, and, and that is that, that's in the Bible. Because these are the Baylor Bears. You have to The Baylor that. Bears. University of Baylor information right there. Bears. Yeah, my wife yeah. would not have gotten that. <laughs> yeah. So, well, so you're saying it's all in there, the bald-headed guy thing. And everything. Going up baldy was an insult towards the Yeah, because uh, it's uh, Elisha. Yeah. Elisha. The only question I would have is, you know, did my friend Jackson over here throw in, you know, was it three bears or four bears or ten bears? You know, so I'm pretty I, sure the 42 youths was correct. Let, um, me, just, let me just say this. It is she bears, I'm pretty sure. Right, let me just say this. Okay. I, I can spin a yarn, but when a yarn like this is already spun, <laughs> I don't have to add nothing to that. So, <laughs> okay. so that's either in there or it ain't. Uh, it's in there. Then. It's in there. In there. Yep. It's an any. It's an any. You're exactly right. Congratulations. Second uh, Kings 2, 23 and 24. That's a crazy story, right? It's a crazy story. And, you know, if you don't read, you know, you guys went to school for this, so you would have tripped up on stuff like this, you know, more than your average Joe who, who's a uh, uh, – zipping over on Sunday morning, you know, eating a bowl of scripture and then, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, so yeah, it's fascinating that that's in there. It's still not as good. The My all-time favorite in your Audi was when Neil Andrews was here and that thing about smack them in their parts behind is in that scripture. That was amazing to me. I'm still just flabbergasted. Did I miss that one? Yes. Okay. Yes, you were gone somewhere, and Neil filled in. <laughs> but well, I don't remember the scripture. But it, you have to go back to one of the episodes that right. Neil was on. Check that out. It's amazing. It's just I'm just astounded. Okay, you guys won. Coots, the power shifts to you now to try and embarrass the rest of your friends here. All right. Well, uh, you know, growing up, you always heard little phrases like the hair of my chinny chin chin, things like that. Uh, what about by the skin of my teeth? Well, hang a minute. Hang on a minute. Yeah. Just the fact that you said <laughs> by the hair of my chinny chin chin. Whatever that was you said. I just had to, had to point you had that to out. had to point that one out, didn't you? I had to point that out. Well, okay, I'm That's sorry. That's okay. King touch here. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> by the skin of my teeth. By the skin of my teeth. Any or outy. Oh, wow. By the skin of my teeth. Now, I have not been schooled, but I'm going to try to help you, too. <laughs> we appreciate that. Well, I've been schooled, but it wasn't at seminary. Uh, I think we had a discussion once before about, do I, I think you said something just recently. Do teeth have skin? What? Didn't you say that in a sermon I maybe did. just recently? I did. Are, Are you saying that the hair of my chinny-chin-chin is in Scripture? No, no, no I'm just saying about the, the skin of my teeth. Yeah, because I was going to really, I was going to jump on that one pretty quick. Yep. Hold off on that one. It really, it sounds like it's actually in there. Um, yeah, they said some odd things back in they biblical did. times. That, they did. That aren't normal to us. Yeah. By the skin of my teeth. So you're asking, is that actual phrase? Is that it? Any or an outie? By the skin yeah. of my teeth. Uh, man. Uh, something doesn't sound right to me. I'll just be honest with you. Something I'm, sounds a little. You got me on that one. I, I think it's in there. I, I feel like it is, but I could be very, very wrong. I think that's 50 50. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, it is a chance. But wait a minute. If there's three of us, is it still a 50 50 chance? Well, I guess it is on the answer now. Yeah. H? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of stumped on that one, too. That's a good one. 
That is good. I'm actually stumped too, but it, I'm just going on gut. Yeah, because where I've used that phrase is obviously about your salvation. You're not going to get to heaven by the skin of your teeth. You're, you're either in or you're out. That's a good in or you're out. Good, salvation, yeah. <laughs> you're either in or you're out. Uh, but that phrase, gosh, it does kind of sound like a Jewish proverb type phrase. I wish we could hear it used in context. Uh, now, see, I'm looking at the monitor. When I said that, I was watching Kuntz's expression. Because <laughs> I said, I wish we could see it in context. And he just went, he didn't change facial expressions. It's like he's playing poker. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking he might have been thinking is there is no context. Oh. I don't know. I'm just saying. But he's pretty. Uh, just look at him and ask him if if he'll use it in context. <laughs> <laughs> Can you use the word in a sentence out of the Bible? Uh, uh, wow, that's I, tough. I hate to agree with Jackson, but I'm gonna say it's out. Uh, we got one other. I, I think it's in. Yeah, you think it's in? I, I think it's in. We're probably wrong. We're probably I, wrong. It, Let's go I feel Jason. it's a feeling, but. It, I could be very wrong. Feeling. But it's Jason's pretty smart as well. He's pretty smart. He's smart Alec, I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's go with Jason, and that way, if we're wrong, it's all blame me. Yeah, let's do that. Whatever Jason said. This is a win-win. Jason said it's uh, <laughs> It's all on Jason's show. It's good it works out, right? <laughs> and Jason says it is? In. Any. Any. It is an any. Whoa. Oh, Job 19.20. My skin and my flesh cling to my bones. I have escaped by the skin of my teeth. That is fascinating. There you go. You see, now, I would never, I would not have come to that conclusion. I would think that was just some worldly thing that somebody said. Some, that was a really good one. That was really good. That was good. a really good yeah, one. That was really good. We're all impressed. I, I'm impressed we, with myself. We almost failed by the skin of our teeth. <laughs> yes, well, <laughs> yes. But we... That was a really good idea to <laughs> hook it on <laughs> the there right at the end. Way to pull the team through, yeah. <laughs> oh, That's how teamwork yeah. is. Well, that was fascinating. That was a good one. I got to say, that was really good. So, another exciting round. Two yeah. for two by the skin of Jason's teeth. Amen. <laughs> Preach on, brother. Oh, we'll be back uh, to close out with a hymn and try to get through in 1.5 time today. I think we've done a good job. By the skin of our teeth. Back. Oh, wow. What a great contestant and a fine sport today on Any or Audi, America's almost favorite new game show. Study up, future guest people. You're next in the hot seat for Any or Audi. Boy, if you people could just be in the green room <laughs> with three preachers. It's just fun. It's rough. They really are real people. You know, part of part of my goal in starting this was to let people know they're real people. Yep, they're pretty real. <laughs> Common sticks is the way we would say that back home in Arkansas, I guess. So, H.D. Um, Jones, being the spiritual, let me buzz H.D. for being so spiritual. H.D. <laughs> Jones. Being the spiritual guru he is, went to the Mike the Baptist hymnal this week and pulled out one that we don't we don't sing very often. And I I've don't know never why, heard this one when he brought it up. You've never heard this hymn? Never heard this one. Oh, you have? Oh yeah. Uh, 
Jason, well, this is what you get for not being in church all your life. <laughs> because this one is pretty, I think it's number nine in the book. I mean, it was one of the original ones that was so in the top 10. Selected, yep, in the uh, Mike the Baptist hymnal. And I think it's just brilliant that you found this. Because there's so many that so many hymns that people go through all the time, and they go to the same, you know, same this, old. Same this will old. speak to you if you hear the words. This one spoke to me already. Just, I mean, it almost brought tears to my eyes just thinking about uh, how deep it is. <laughs> it's a <laughs> got to be all in, man. Oh uh, yeah, we'll close with this hymn, and then we'll be uh, back again in another week or so with another edition of Mike the Baptist with three preachers. Good times, y'all. Uh, you can kick us off, H. This is your selection. Well, there's a little girl in our neighborhood. Her name is Charlotte Johnson, and she's really looking good. I had to go and see her, so I called her on the phone. I walked over to her house, and this was going on. Her brother was on the sofa eating chocolate pie. Her mama was in the kitchen cutting chicken up to fry. Her daddy was in the backyard rubbing the garden hose. I was on the porch with Charlotte feeling love down to my toes and we were swinging. <laughs> yeah, yes, we, we were swinging. Well, Charlotte, she's as pretty as the angels when they sing. I can't believe I'm out here on the front porch in this swing, just a swinging. Amen. <laughs> what a great planet. Okay, thanks. Good times. Good times. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next week. We're just Christians. Try not to cuss. Yep. Mike the Baptist.